Welcome, everyone. This is your host, Steve Ramona, with the podcast, Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. And I'm liking this show. I'm liking my guest because she works with a population that needs a lot of love, and it's growing every day. And I used to work with them when I was part of a health club ministry in the 80s and 90s. Um, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really love your podcast. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. Let's jump right into it. You do tech for seniors, which sounds crazy, but you do it. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I started as a classroom teacher. I taught um, elementary school for almost 20 years. And as my parents started getting older and I realized um, my mom, you know, she loves technology, loves her pictures, but she just you know, is incredibly frustrated most of the time with her phone. And so I started teaching her how to access things. And I think, you know, my background in teaching gave me a lot of patience and guidance on how to help people. And so I started helping my mom quite a bit with her pictures and her and my dad had gone to Europe and came home with 3000 pictures. I helped them print them in a photo book and they started sharing what we were doing with a lot of their friends. And I realized this was really a need in our community. You know, that generation grew up with photos and just, they didn't grow up with technology. And so I thought I could help bridge the gap a little bit and help people, you know, gain some confidence and um, ease some of their frustrations by teaching them how to use their phones for everyday things, but most mostly pictures. So that's what I've been doing for the last three years, which has also been a blessing because you know, during COVID, people were so lonely and sick of being at home and hated Zoom. And so by the time I was able to be in person and teach classes, it felt like a um, way I could serve the community. So it's been a really great journey. So and, and let's talk more about the pictures we talked about before the show about organizing. Let's kind of get more detail what you do, because I'm excited to hear this. Yeah. So, you know, most of us have had smartphones since the early 2000s. And so most of our photos have been taken digitally since then, which means we have tens of thousands of pictures over the last couple of decades. And so, you know, anyone, I think over 40 or even maybe a little younger, um, you know, we just, we take a bazillion pictures, but we're not, not necessarily posting on social media, like, younger generations. And so we still love our pictures. We take them for a reason. And so I really want to help people um, be able to find and access them and share them easily without all the frustration of feeling like you jump on your phone to share a picture and then you scroll forever and never find it. And so um, it really actually is pretty easy to organize your pictures. And so I have a few different classes where I just walk people through the process of organizing their photos and really the goal is to take the stress out of it. And so people can still, you know, share their pictures because at this point, you know, we have pictures of our kids, our grandkids. Um, and so just to continue having a way to share all those memories, not just now, but maybe in the future too. So um, yeah, those are a few of the things I do with my classes. Yeah, I like that because we've talked about it and you mentioned a little bit, people go, hey, let me show you a picture of me with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, it was two right. years ago, and, and, and yeah, they hit a button, they open an app, they go, oh, my God, I can't find it. I'm sorry, I can't. I've seen it a lot. You right. have to get past that, right? Right, right. And I help people realize, you know, um, once you start creating systems, it really is something that it can be ongoing because we're going to continue taking digital pictures. So, you know, what better time than now to at least start feeling more confident and start getting organized because, our digital pictures are not going away. And so 
we're only going to have, you know, hundreds of thousands in the next few years. And so we may as well have systems to make it something that isn't so stressful for us. Yeah. Like I told you before the show, 1 trillion pictures were taken with phones last year, which means they need Melissa now, listeners. You need Melissa now. (laughs) So what other education do you do? I know it's just not photos. There's other things you do too, right? So I help people. um, Another one of my classes is helping them scan old photos. It kind of seems redundant to scan a picture and reprint it. But, you know, a lot of us have old photo books of our parents and grandparents generation, and they're gigantic. And so they're in boxes and tubs in our basements. And so anymore, you know, you can create a photo book that's really, really small. And so I help people scan old pictures you know, just in case also, if you ever had a flood or a fire or anything, a lot of times those are your only copies. And so having them digitized really protects them. And then whether you choose to print them, or even if you just create albums for them, you know, and you organize your scanned photos, you can share them with your kids and grandkids and know that those aren't memories that will be lost, you know, 10, 20 years from now. Um, One of my more recent classes was in response to a fire we had here in Colorado, A lot of communities where I teach, I teach mostly in retirement communities, we're really close to the Marshall Fire in Superior. And people were just terrified. We watched, you know, over a thousand structures were burnt um, in a couple of days in the dead of winter in suburbia, which is not the normal, you know, what we see in Colorado. And so it really instilled a lot of fear in people and people wanted to know what they needed to do to protect themselves just in case. Um, the fire even smoldered for a long time. And so it just really hit home and made people think about what they could do. Unfortunately, hundreds of families lost absolutely everything and had to rebuild from the ground up. Insurance companies didn't um, reimburse people right away or maybe not even make them whole. And so I put together this class that helps people really protect their home and their family by creating a home inventory and emergency plan. And so I think that has been one of the classes where I feel like I'm best serving the community and not just in Colorado, but now I have the class online. So, um, you know, we're hearing about tornadoes in Texas and fires in California and fires in Canada, Um, Hurricane Ian last year, you know, just extreme weather is coming, becoming more and more common. And, you know, also people have other reasons, unfortunately, that they lose their homes. Um, Cooking is the number one cause of fires. People, um, you know, electrical systems, you know, it could be a lot of things regardless of where you live. And so um, especially, you know, for anybody, but the population that I specifically teach with, um, you know, not only do they want to get these things done, they need it to be a process where I can help walk them through it. And then also with that tech piece, I help them get their inventory organized in the cloud and, you know, just some of the little pieces along the way that are part of this process that could easily, you know, stop people from getting things done because they're frustrated. I try to really walk people through it um, with support and, you know, the opportunity to ask questions if they need help along the way. But I think it's something that, you know, anybody, wherever you live, would benefit from having. And documents are a big part of that too, because you lose some of those documents, you're in big trouble. So you include that in this package of teaching the, the list. Yeah. So I walk people through the process of creating a home inventory, which you anybody mm-hmm. could do in a couple of hours. I give checklists and support and documents to just walk people through the class. And then um, at the end, I tell people, you know, some of the things I've learned along the way from watching the aftermath of the Marshall Fire. I listen to a lot of the town hall meetings and, you know, they 
things that we can do, unfortunately, and learn from, you know, people so close to home who did go through this, but, you know, having a go bag, having a plan for your important documents, you know, thinking about where you're storing them, because things like passports and car titles and, um, you know, just a lot of actual paper documents we still have in our homes, we could get replaced, but it would be really painful to have to get on the phone with everybody we would need to, to get those things replaced. And if you ever experience this trauma of losing your home, that's probably about the last thing you're going to want to do. So I teach people how to start thinking about those things, how to get organized. Um, we lost a home in our neighborhood in February, and I was just talking to somebody here and she said, she could see the fire out her window mm. and she still needs to start, you know, figuring out if she had to run out of her house, what would she grab? And she, you know, however many months later, four months later, still hasn't done it because she just doesn't know where to start. And so, you know, I was telling her about the class or I just, I love serving. So, you know, if people can take the class, that's great. And if it's just things I'm talking about on the fly with people, that's great too. And so, it really is something we should all think about. And hopefully you never need it. Like insurance, we all have insurance on our cars and on our homes and hopefully you never need it. But if you ever do, you're glad you have it. And I think that's how this should be viewed is that hopefully you never need an inventory. Hopefully you never need all the things you've put in place for an emergency. But if you do, at least you have it done, you know. Well said. I, I really like that because it really is insurance. And again, it's something you don't need to you need it, but you've got to deal with everything else. Now you got to deal with paper. Oh, it's, it could be, I know a friend that got an apartment burned down and she, yeah, same problem it was just, it was hairy and months yeah. of, of stuff. Um, you've, you've given us a lot of nuggets. I'm excited, but I know listeners want to reach out to you. How can they get a hold of you? So I'm on LinkedIn, Melissa Foot, Colorado. Uh, my last name Foot has an E on the end. And my website is stepbysteptech.org. And all of my classes are on there, my um, contact information. If you live in Colorado and want to take an in-person class, that information's on there as well. You talked about seniors, but what if uh, I'm 62, just turned 62. I'm not a senior, but somebody my age, I mean, almost a senior, wants to partake. They can just jump on the website? Yeah. Yep. So all of my online classes really... Um, you know, my business has pivoted quite a bit since I started back in 2019. I've learned a lot of lessons about listening to the universe and, you know, just following where people need, um, you know, have problems where I can help maybe jump in and bridge some of the gaps through what I do. And so I've pivoted quite a bit. And I've realized too, not just, you know, the aging population, but busy moms who love taking a million pictures of their little kids, but they're working and they are trying to keep up with the household and all of their kids. And, you know, they still love their pictures and they still maybe need a plan for the an emergency. And so my classes online really could meet the needs of anybody, regardless of age. I teach men, women, you know, anybody. Anybody. And they're emotional pictures, especially when you talk about grandkids, kids, your events, your vacations. So this is really important because they lose them. It's an emotional problem. Yeah. And I, you know, we lost a good friend um, in October this year and he was only in his forties. And when he passed away, we um, helped put pictures together for his memorial service. And that's what people do, you know, when somebody dies or even marriage, when people get married, you know, people get out pictures at any of these really pivotal moments in your life. 
and go back through and tell stories and reminisce and laugh and cry and all of the things. So our pictures definitely are a very important part of our life. And, um, you know, I'm biased because I love pictures so much, but I think in some ways they're the most important things that we have. And so figuring out systems to organize them if it's digitally or figuring out ways to protect them if they're actual pictures in your basement in a bucket, that's just as important too. So I agree with you. Melissa, you're not alone with the love for pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on the female <laughs> persuasion. I have guys too, but you know, my wife has thousands of photos. I think I have 10, but that's what happens. What is well, a- and it's funny. My my um oldest son is 18. He just graduated from high school. And one of the classes I teach is how to make pic- um photo cards. And so, you know, cards at the grocery store even or wherever are so expensive anymore. And if you have a network of a few friends, family, nieces, nephews, grandparents, you could spend hundreds of dollars a year making cards and so or buying cards. And so I show people how to make photo cards. And so when my son graduated from high school, I made photo cards of him and his friends throughout high school for their congratulations, you know, for their parties. And it was cute because he said all of his friends just love my cards and post them in their rooms. And so, you know, it's even my 18 year old and all his friends, you know, so it really is pictures are um, they're they're some of the most important things that we have and that what tell our stories and hold such great memories. So, well, that's a great idea because we have birthdays and anniversaries and holidays and picture cards. You didn't think about that. So you teach people how to do that. Yeah. Inexpensively. And it's it's great because, you know, at the beginning of each month, I'll see how many birthdays we have and I'll jump on my computer and here we have Walgreens, but I know some places have CVC or whatever, you know, you jump on your computer, spend about an hour, make the cards for all the, you know, the entire month. And then um, the cards that I buy are less than $2 and they have pictures and you can type in or you can write in whatever you want, you know, and it's just, it's such a great way to, stop spending so much money on cards that people get and then throw away because they're not very meaningful. You know, I mean, I'd love to see my kids read all of the cards, but pretty much they open them and get the money out or whatever gift cards and throw (laughs) them away, you know, but when there's pictures (laughs) or adults and, you know, when there's pictures of you in it, it's just, you cherish them a little bit more and you, you know, put them on your fridge or on your mantle. And so, you know, they, they mean a lot more and, and it's amazing because they're so much cheaper. Yeah, it's wow. It's it's listeners reach out to her. I'm yes. gonna do something. I'm gonna get you've heard some of my shows, so I'm gonna do this with you as well. The first five people that reach out to Melissa, Melissa will reach out to me. If you mention the podcast or my name, I'm gonna send you a $25 Amazon gift card. That's how I, I love it. I want to put my money in my mouth is I'm stuttering there because I'm so excited. Because when somebody loses a picture, it's catastrophic for a lot of people especially like you said, the older of your dad, my dad's past 17. I have still have pictures all over that my wife put together. They mean a lot to me every time I walk by them. And if I can't access them anymore, it's emotionally hurtful. Yeah. Well, and think about, you know, here we had the fire um, about a year and a half ago and people did, they lost the only copies of say your dad or your grandparents. Those might be the only copies that exist. And so if you lose those, you cannot get those back. And even my oldest son, you know, when he was born, we didn't really have, I didn't have a smartphone. So even his baby pictures are all printed copies. And so I went through and just scanned at least the most important ones, not all of them, but you know, if anything happened, I'd at least have his baby pictures. So I think we take for granted or kind of forget that we just 
assume we have them somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. then when you don't, you know, you realize you cannot get them back. So. Right. And you're, you go to find them and where are they? And you spend an hour looking for them and give up and they've went somewhere, even on your phone, like we we're saying, this is really cool. I'm not seeing anything like this. this is I'm getting excited for my photos now, Yay. but I've got a negative question and it's not yeah. a bad question, but what's a mistake people make with their photos on their phone that you see? It's pretty constant. Um, well, I think for one, because we take, because we can, we take so many pictures of the exact same moment. So, you know, 4th of July is coming up and if you're doing something fun and all of your family or friends are together, you don't want to miss the moment and you want to at least get one picture where everybody's looking and smiling. So you might take, you know, five, 10 pictures of the exact same moment. And then people never go back through to weed out the bad ones and keep the best one. And so add that to 20 years of us having digital photos. A lot of us, a lot of our digital clutter is because we do that, which is great. And, you know, back in the day, we had to take a photo and then wind your camera and hope it turned out. And so it's really great we get to do that. But at the same time, I think spending just a little bit of time each month kind of decluttering your pictures would make finding them easier. It would help with all of your storage. You know, we're getting to an age where people are starting to get that message that your storage is full because we've all ran through our free storage that Apple or Google gave us. And so just doing little bits of things here and there can do, you know, a little bit of work could go a long way. And I actually have a blog I've done for about three years. It's called Tuesday's Tips for Picks. It's on my website if you want to check it out. But I try every week to just send out a little tip that's something you can do in five minutes from your office, standing in the grocery store line, waiting for your kids at soccer mm -hmm. practice, whatever. Because I think if you just start doing a tiny bit at a time, you'll make a lot more progress than you think. So I definitely think decluttering all those m multiple copies is a huge one. But I also think people try too hard to just, okay, I'm going to organize my pictures. They jump in and they think they're going to get, you know, 10, 20,000 pictures organized by sitting down in an hour and they kind of bite off more than they can chew and then they get frustrated and then they just give up. But I think if you realize it is, you know, you didn't create all this clutter overnight, it's kind of like your garage or basement, right? It takes decades to get all the clutter built up. So it takes time to go through it and clean it up. And so even just doing it in small doses could be really, really um, productive for you in your pictures organization, I guess. And digital this digital declutter is never heard that before. So we're going to give that to Melissa. We'll patent that because I love that. Because yeah. we have our apps are all over the place too. We try to find apps and I know you don't go there, but that's the same type of thing. Let me ask you a question about business because this is doing business with a servant's heart. And I love that you work with people and that's seniors especially. Yeah. But I would think businesses have pictures they need to organize. Ever work with businesses or thought about that? I haven't. That's a great idea. I think I've loved jumping into the space of working with people in retirement communities, especially right after COVID. But honestly, um, I say one of my goals this year is to get out of my comfort zone. So, you know, I was asked to be a speaker and I said, yes. And then, then I kicked myself wondering why would I ever do that? And then I've started doing some podcasts. And so I love that idea because I feel like the universe, God leads you, you know, and so you have to be quiet and listen. And that's a great idea. Listeners, um, this is what we, yeah. And listeners, this is what we call mastermind. I do all the time talking to people and stuff like this, creativity comes up, new ideas, new things. Because what I'm thinking, and we're going to mastermind right here for 30 seconds or so. 
a, a company has an event, let's say it's their 10th anniversary and everybody's taking pictures of that 10th anniversary, it might be 50 to 100 pictures. Well, now you've got a thousand people. You might have 10, 15,000 pictures. Melissa comes in and goes, let me organize this for you. Yeah, I would love that. Well, and even, um, you know, so my husband and son had a trip of a lifetime this year. I have a cousin who lives in Qatar. They went to the World Cup and they came home with hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And that is genuinely a once in a lifetime trip. And so I help them organize all their pictures and then I put them in photo books. And so now my son will have this photo book, you know, he'll have them on his phone too, but the chances of him scrolling through his phone are less likely than having his book out on his you know, shelf when he goes off to college next year, maybe he'll share them more, but even maybe, you know, for a business, an event like that, then you could even print them in a photo book and put them out in the office, especially if you serve a certain clientele, you know, like, oh, look, here's whether it's a dentist office or a daycare or whatever it might be, you can show your service in action. So people who are coming in could actually, you know, have a visual of what you do and see it for themselves. I love that. That that's we're going to talk more. I, I'm liking what you're doing. We're going to work together. What other last question? Because we're running out of time. You mentioned your son and the pictures on his phone. Do you help people put it in the cloud? Because what the other problem with phones is that just came to my head is, hey, I go from Samsung's ten to a Samsung twenty. If it didn't get put on the cloud, how do I, you know, where do my pictures go? I hear that all, my wife does that once in a while. Not that, you know, Hey, where are all my pictures going to be saved when I switch phones? Do you help with that? Yeah. So I think that the, one of the things that I really help demystify when I teach these classes, especially when I teach in the retirement space is that the cloud is so abstract. People don't even understand what the cloud is to them. It's like, you know, for some people it feels evil and conniving and they don't understand it and they don't want their information in the cloud. And, you know, for some people, they they just don't really understand how it gets there. So one of my classes um, is Digital Picture Boot Camp. And I really go through and help people understand, you know, if you have a Samsung, your pictures are probably in your gallery or in Google Photos. And if you have an iPhone, they're in Apple Photos. And I really go through what the cloud means, how it works, how to make sure your phone is set up properly to ensure that all of the pictures you take do upload to the cloud. And then really, I jump into helping people you know, find their way around these apps. A lot of these apps have the most amazing tools and features built in and people just don't even know. You don't know what you don't know. And so a lot of us are underutilizing some of these apps. And so I really teach people how to, um, you know, utilize the best tools to make their life easier and then how to organize. So I do love helping people understand that concept because I think as technology is becoming more and more a part of our world, understanding the cloud. I mean, everything's in the cloud anymore, you know? So just understanding what that means, how it works is really important for people to prevent frustration and even just empower them. I think yeah. more than anything, you know, a lot of my people ask their kids or grandkids questions and I hear time and time again, you know, they teach it to me so fast or they just assume I should know it. And so they're not very patient. And so I think me being like a third party outside of their bubble is also helpful to just be a safe place. They can ask questions and not feel like any of their questions are dumb. And I really help try to walk them through any, you know, anything they don't understand so that moving forward, they can feel more confident using technology. I love it. Well, we're running out of time and we go another hour here, but we won't today. I think I'm going to have you back. There's more stuff we can talk about. I know I will. No, I know I will. 
So I want to thank you for being on your nuggets. You gave today, golden, not golden nuggets. His photos are so popular nowadays. You're doing great things, especially for the senior community. Can I ask a favor? Of course. Can you leave my audience a tip that's helped you through this journey? You know, I know you switched from one thing to another in your business, but what's one tip that's really helped you? I think one thing I've really learned along the way as um, a newer entrepreneur, you know, I went from being a classroom teacher for almost 20 years, and that's a totally different ballgame than jumping into this business, um, you know. And so I think I've really learned to decide who I'm going to allow access to on my journey. And so I think there's a lot of friends and family who feel like naysayers on your journey because maybe they're not entrepreneurs or they don't quite understand or even they just don't want you to fall on your face. And so sometimes it's because they're loving and protective, but I think that can really get in your head. And so I think, you know, allowing people in your world, especially if you're a newer entrepreneur like me, that you know, I'm in a mastermind group. I have an accountability partner. I'm in a female entrepreneur group. And those are just people who build me up all the time and make failure feel totally normal and remind me that, you know, this journey in business isn't just a quick and easy thing, which I never thought it was. I work harder now than I ever did as a teacher. But I think just being really careful about who you allow, allow access to on your journey. And it doesn't mean you cut other people out of your life, but as you're maybe have self-doubt or imposter syndrome or whatever, that you're just really thoughtful about the people that you reach out to and put in your circle as you're on this journey, because it's hard enough as it is. And so the last thing you need is anybody making you doubt yourself anymore. So that has been a huge learning for me in the last few years.